everyone. I am Carla Jakubovic, hostess of the Swiss Learning Podcast, and thanks for listening. Swiss Learning represents 13 prestigious schools in Switzerland, and they're experts at finding the right fit for each student. On this podcast, we will showcase alumni from each one of these schools to share their success stories and insights with you. Today, I'm incredibly thrilled to welcome Charlotte Landolt-Nardine, an alumna from Briamont. Charlotte is the founder of organic brand Jardin des Monts, which translates to Garden of the Mountain. Charlotte, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation and, and all. I'm very glad to be here today. What, what are your first memories of Switzerland? Um, my first memory, uh, I grew up in Brazil. I was born in Brazil, but my parents had decided of a style of life that is quite particular. So we used to spend... Uh, four months in Brazil, one month in Paris, and one month here in Switzerland. So Switzerland was already part of my life since I was small. Um, a big part of my family is also from here. That's why also maybe one of the reasons why I stayed here, this is because also I'm, yeah, I've got most of my family from my father's side that is living here. Mm -hmm. And how did you end up at Briamont? Were you involved in the process of choosing a school for yourself? I was not really, but my parents, um, actually it was thanks to my brother. He's the first one to get to Briamont and he really loved that place because it was a small school and, and where it was very, um, I've got the term in French. That's okay, go <laughs> ahead. Familial um, and very warm and, and since we just had left the family and where we used to travel only with my parents. So it was a bit hard to get to uh, boarding schools and also outside without them. So it was the first time we could get this spirit, uh, this family spirit that we could not get. I was in another boarding school before and it was not the same. I think the fact that Briamont is such a small school really helps create that home away from home feeling, wouldn't you say? Yes, this is what helped us a lot. Um, that's why also, thanks to that, I managed to fin finish my schools also and, and get all the way down to it, <laughs> done on it. And, um, and it was also the case for my brother. Mm -hmm. What were some of your favorite things to do on campus? I am dyslexic. Uh, and so it was very hard uh, also for the teacher to get to understand my problem and my point of view on another school. And, and I was in a French-speaking school before. Uh, but there in BM, people were really more there for me. They really helped me out. And, and so I used to spend quite a lot of time in the library also and, um, and to have like some specific classes. And, and it really brought me up um, where my self-esteem was very low at that time. And I can say that BM, thanks to the situation that we had there, really helped us out to, uh, to go forward with that. I'm glad you touched on that because I, I feel that it's a huge advantage of having such small classrooms, such an intimate mm -hmm. setup between student and teacher to where I feel that it becomes so much easier to ov overcome any obstacles, any learning challenges. Mm -hmm. If uh, if you have that personalized attention um, from your teacher, right? Do, do, you, do you think that played a role in your experience at the school? Oh, it did. It did, in fact. Mm-hmm. Completely. 
And, and in boarding schools, we spend the entire day with our classmates, breakfast, lunch, mm-hmm. dinner, study, sports, trips, which helps form incredibly strong bonds and, and lifelong friendships, really. Are you still in touch with any of your friends from Riamont? It's true. I've, I've got some of them that are still there and I still get to see. Uh, unfortunately, not so often because we're living in countries that are apart. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was. it's always good to get to see some, especially with, with today, we're lucky to have the WhatsApp and Instagram and to get to get back to them like this. And really for that, we're really lucky. And uh, and then it's really good to uh, have this feeling and retouching with them and re-keeping, oh yeah. It's, so it's a um, very good time. And so, so it's true, but I was quite lucky, let's say, because I, I back in those days, since I was 18, we had a special house. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Yes, Tell us yes. about that. Tell us about that. Oh, it was great. So we were more free. And that was one of the conditions also for me because I was from my previous school a bit fed up and I wanted to quit everything. And, uh, and um, it was really the dead end for me. And, and so this option was really something that made me very happy. We were in a small house. Where um, yeah, where I finally managed to get like very strong relationships also with the girls, and always a good time, and only us. So it was a bit of um, before going to uni to time. So we were alone and. Um, that sounds and really getting nice. ready for the big steps. Exactly, exactly. So it, it allowed for a smoother transition, I would, I would imagine, because you got a little foretaste of what mm-hmm. that, uh, of what that independence was going to was going to be like. Um, looking back, can you pinpoint a discipline or an experience from your time in school that played a role in making you who you are today? Maybe some teachers that, that were very special for me back in those days is uh, the English teacher. He really had this uh, way of seeing the English classes where it was very alive, especially for me that was coming from the French side. So I didn't have any background in English. And so he was really there. And he made it very ludic and like a game. So uh, we were listening musics and trying to get the words and to understand all and and it was very and also explaining all the backgrounds of each and was very so you had a bit of history and also the class uh, English classes also so it was um, I think very interesting to get to see someone very into um, motivation like really wanting people to get to understand and know uh, and learn as much as possible but always in the good and always good Good learning, good fun time. And I think all the teachers that I had there were really, were there where I never felt, um, I never had the feeling that I had maybe in the back in the other school where, oh, you're not good. Oh, you're not going to do great. You're, you're, uh, no, there was always, uh, oh, but this is good. Let's make it up. Let's find solution. And maybe, it's more this that I really managed to keep for my business today is like when you start a business, you don't do it because you want to just lie back. 
Because <laughs> you choose something else. And in something with the businesses like you, you learn that you always have to uh, be aware of everything that is happening around you. You always have to be able to manage problems. And unfortunately, there is a lot of problems when you have um, a company. Even though they're small, low, big, but you always have to find solutions to everything. And it's really this jump. And um, yeah, for that, I think they were really helpful for that, really, to, uh, to show that there is always a way. It, and it seems to be a reoccurring theme on the podcast, the alumni mentioning the role that the teachers played mm -hmm. in getting them interested into a subject and, and really bringing it to life and, and in a way swaying them in, in directions that they wouldn't have anticipated for themselves. So it was interesting that you mentioned it as well. Now, switching gears a little bit to your professional career. I researched your company, Jardin des Monts, in order to prepare for this interview. And if I were to guess what values are essential to you, I would say the love and respect for nature would rank high on your list. Mm -hmm. Would that be a fair assessment? It is. It is one of the highest ones. Where do you think your love for nature began? Of the love of nature is like from where I grew up in Brazil. So uh, we were grown up in a farm. So four months of my life, uh, eight to eight months of my life, we, were, we used to spend them in, in the farm, lost in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by nature. And, um, and it became always more and more important, especially right now when we see the world, unfortunately, uh, how it is going. Even though, um, even though when, when I was little, I realized how much already um, we were into that and people were talking about it but it was not really as much as we hear it now and i find it a bit sad because if we would have woken up before earlier i think it would have been less uh hard time that we're having today and it's mm -hmm. also that i i've got kids uh two kids and i I want to leave them something behind that they can still get to see because sometimes I already think about the Amazonian forest and in, even like the tropical forests that we have in Brazil, like that are specific to Brazil that are all along the coast that are just beautiful. And when you see them disappearing the way that this is appearing today, I, I'm a bit sad because I really hope that they will get at least to be lucky enough to get to see a bit of that wild nature that is still for the moment, but maybe not for long in Brazil, for example. Yeah, And it's a bit true. the same here in Switzerland where the situation is a bit different because unfortunately most of the woods were already cut in half and now what is back in, it's already the secondary forest. But still, it's something that is really important to get to do. And we're lucky because one of the, the area where we are right now, where the company is, where we grow our herbs that are after integrated in our cosmetics, it's, um, it's most of it, it's already organic. And then mm -hmm. you can see it and feel it. Can you tell us a little bit more about your company and your products? We started with a culture uh, of uh, herbs, medicinal herbs, because this is, was something that was very interesting for us. And the idea was really to get the herbs out of the, of the placard. How do you say this? 
uh, armário. The, uh, of the of the cupboards of the cupboards of the grandmas because usually it was mainly the people that we knew used those herbs every time they would be saying to us oh but this is one of the herbs that my grandma used to give me when i was sick and everything and we were like okay <laughs> yes but now we made it into a tea uh like an infusion so it's a mix of different herbs that have a taste So you can drink it during the day or specifically, for example, I'm thinking about one that we did that is called après repas, so the after meal one, which helps all the metabolism with the digestion. But you can also drink it just because you like the taste. And the idea was to, um, to put those herbs back in the front and just make people rediscover them. And that's what we did with the infusions and that's what we're doing also with the cosmetics. So, so by taking only one herb, that is going to be really the active part of the cosmetics. And of course, it's grown up in Rossignere. We take the active part here. And we also, because we want to be careful also with the... Um, le bilan carbone. Mm-hmm. The, the carbon emission. Carbon emission. We have to be careful with that too. So we have a lab that works with us for the cosmetics that is just an hour drive from our place. So not too far for, for them. Of course, it's a Swiss company also. Um, and it works only with organic products too. We have a label for uh, the farm that is a bio Swiss Uh, label, which is one of the highest um, label in Europe, and very, very good. The other one is Demeter, and we're inspired also of Demeter uh, in the garden, but we don't have that label. And you have the label Natru for the cosmetics, which is one of the hardest to get also for the cosmetics, because we were like, we're growing herbs and we take so much care of them. So we have to put them in a situation where they can be happy again, you know? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so we, um, we take them into the products and of course, all the materials and, um, that we use to make the cream, we have to work also with the lab because we want to make sure that all that you put on your skin and everything is uh, okay, you don't have allergies, so the tests are done and, and that it's a safe uh, environment. I can definitely tell that there's a lot of uh, thoughtfulness behind all of these processes to make sure that, um, that you're watching out for the footprint mm-hmm. that you're leaving behind environmentally. And one would think that by 2021, environmental awareness would be a given in the corporate world. However, we know thousands and thousands of companies, large companies, still do absolutely nothing for the well-being of the planet. Can you speak a little bit about this topic and share what encouraging trends you're seeing out there in the business world? Let's say for me, we, when we started the business, it was almost, no, it was actually 10 years ago and we were maybe too early. We would say that no one was really ready for it. And maybe one good thing or bad thing about um, this COVID was uh, this amazing uh, waking up that we had around us. So before that, we already, I already know a lot of brands, cosmetics brands that are organic from Austria, from, um, from the States also, um, uh, from the States is Tata Harper 
And she also go from the garden to the final products. There is this or other brand that is um, called Origine in England that is also very interesting also because it was uh, a pharmaceutical herbal um, enterprise that really went after to the cosmetics. When you get to their place, you even can make your own tea specified for the thing that you're feeling to help you out. So it's very good and very interesting. And it was one of the, brand, the brands that were the closest to what we're doing here also, even though we're, we don't have this very medicinal side. But I can see that those brands, it's like really the local, um, local organic that is really going up right now. Yeah. Uh, in reading about you, I also learned that you have business partners and partnerships can be incredibly powerful because they can truly allow an idea or a business to flourish. So choosing the right one is crucial. Can you share what your process looks like when you're considering partnering up with someone? What are some of the qualities or components that you look for? Okay. Um, of course, you never do anything alone. And I think this is one of the things that you get to learn also when you start something. And and we were lucky to have here in Susan and maybe many companies that could help us out with uh, many different topics. So depending on what we want to create, we just have to find the right person that we can find. For example, the candles, we don't have the knowledge for the candles. So we're like, okay, we have to find a Swiss company. This is one of the first things that is very important for us. After that, we have to find something, a Swiss company that has the same value as us. So all that is inside has to be checked up. And for example, like the, 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 the candle that we have is all made of, out of, um, of soya. Uh, so it's a, a wax of soya, which is, uh, has no organic, uh, um, it's not, um, no GMO inside. There is this cotton, um, it's a cotton wick week also, uh, a cotton week that is inside, but doesn't contain any uh, plomb. Uh, I don't know how um, to say it in English. Yeah, I, I, I will. Very bad for the lungs and for the breathing and everything. And of course, the, you have a, a natural perfume inside also. So, and the natural perfume comes from um, France. And also you have the history of France. It comes from grass. So, all those um so we really every time that we try to find a partner we really we're a bit of pain in the ass for them and but if they're good you know they're good so yeah, yeah. <laughs> <we're not> a, <laughs> uh, yeah so we're very picky and when we start a business together we really want to get to know everything about them mm -hmm. yeah you were talking about plum i believe that's lead and that, led, yes. right, that it doesn't contain that. And, no. and, and can we actually talk a little bit more about organic products, Charlotte, and the importance of reading labels and being wise about what products we choose to put on our bodies? Yeah, this is quite a big topic. Huh? I even have, because it was very hard, because we, when we started, we didn't have any, we could not find any label that was strong enough or hard enough for our products so we were we used to spend time on the internet just looking about all the ingredients to get to know um, 
whether they were good or bad. And every time it was really hard because one day it was fine and the next day you would realize that we'd cause cancer and everything. So we were like, oh, horrible, horrible. And so for the simple composition as we have for the lip balm, which is bee wax, she butter, um, and essential oils. For those ones, it was easy because there you can really find um, the product, to find all the products that have to be the components and make sure that all the components are good. But unfortunately for the cream, for example, for the facial cream that we made with the Edovice, that was harder because, and thanks to the label that we have today with them, so it's the natural one, it's one of the uh, it's a German for changes. Germans are quite um, advanced for that, that we really, and from long time ago, huh? uh, they are very more, they're a lot more sensitive to all the organic sensitive, can we say it? Mm -hmm. sensitive? Yeah. Sensitive to, um, to this really organic side. And thanks to them, we, we know now there is, um, there is a, a, like a table where you can see which components you can put in and which are just banished. Mm -hmm. And that helps us a lot also to make the cleanest um, cream as possible. And of course, one of the things that we like to do is, um, of course, uh, there is apps that exist today. Um, for me, for myself, when I go and buy anything on the shops, I use the Yucca one. I think one, this is one of the most known here in the French speaking part and also for friends. And there is another for the cosmetics that is called Clean Beauty. Mm -hmm. and, and so those apps are actually very easy to use. Do they tell you what products to watch out for? Yes. Oh, wow. So um, you just go, you scan them and they tell you, are they, for Yuka, for example, you scan the code bar. The barcode? Yeah, the barcode and they're unfortunately not for all the products here in Switzerland because they're more French than Swiss um, but uh, and they know exactly yes no uh, those components are very dangerous uh, this product is so so uh, this one is very good go, go for it um, and after it says why is it good or why is it a bit uh, not as good as you can eat it but mm, or they're very don't go there. <laughs> yeah, don't touch it. But but don't that, touch it. That's that. There seems to be an app for everything these days. For food and for the clean beauty, you uh, scan actually the composition of the cream, mm -hmm. and then it will say you what is good, what is, has been dangerous, and all the information that you. Um, yes, this one. Be careful. So it's very helpful. And you mentioned when you started, when Jardin des Monts started producing organic products about 10 years ago, not many other companies were doing it. So do you think one of the challenges of being a pioneer or a visionary is that it also comes with um, experiencing um, failure in a way and trial and error? Because at the time that you're being the first one to do it, there's not uh, a lot to reference, right? And there's not not enough material out there. So I'm just wondering if failure comes with the territory of being a pioneer of vision or visionary. It's true. Like for us, it was very hard. Huh? The beginning was uh, we were we had more food than actually cosmetics. And we were very purist 
So we really wanted to make products that were didn't have any water inside. So that's why we started with the lip balm and the hand balm. Uh, so the lip balm has the uh, Edelweiss uh, production um, and the hand balm was made also with bee wax and she butter and so it was very elementary. So it's very good, but it's very nutritive. Let's say our brand, it's um, for people that have problems with dry skins. And it is still the case right now with uh, the, the gum that we have today, the brand that we have today. So. So it's true, like at that stage, we realized that we wanted to be too pure because we were only, we were making oils for the body that we could also use for the hair that we could, but you could see that the, the clients were not ready for it at mm -hmm. all because they wanted to have organic, but to have the good side of the, uh, this cream that when you put that really sink into your skin and that there is nothing left in. And <laughs> so there we learn <laughs> that was the first big step for us and then was when we started with that it's true like we were maybe one of the only company also that you found but it, it was very hard and sure and and i appreciate you. having it all on one shoulder is not that easy yeah but i appreciate you sharing that the first few years are challenging i think sometimes it's important for people to hear that success doesn't always happen from day one And that mm -hmm. perseverance is an important part of the journey, right? Yeah, and I, I actually can really see it today. And, and I'm a bit sad that it had to become also with the, with the COVID. Uh, and from there, we really realized, like, because most of the sales points that we have are shops. Mm -hmm. So we had a bit of sales in the internet, but not that much. And then when we had COVID, we really got to see, like, the sales were up again but thanks to internet so to see like how much people were really interested in to finding new products also um that were local and swiss and organic and that was really why people were coming and buying what we have so so it was good to persevere <laughs> <laughs> can you offer any words of advice or any tips with those who are right now experiencing their first years of difficulties in their business. Uh, any tips on how to keep motivated and not give up? Uh, for me, there is always a solution. I'm, I'm maybe too optimistic, but um, for me, there is, um, it, it might be hard to find and it is never easy, but you always have this light somewhere. And sometimes it will take uh, We'll have to make a big turn, but it's worth Sounds good. Uh, Charlotte, and finally, since we're both Brazilian, uh, you know, I'd love to end <laughs> it with a question in Portuguese. Um, sure. Algum conselho para os brasileiros que estão considerando investir numa educação na Suíça? Vale a pena? Vale mesmo a pena, mesmo se eu sei que todos os brasileiros que a gente encontrava na escola ficava meio difícil para eles também, que longe da família, uhum. longe de tudo, mas acabaram todos com muita animação e uma energia nova também, um lado de maior independência também. E também tem aquele, claro, tem aquele lado das montanhas... É, de poder esquiar, ver outra coisa, viajar também, que a Europa tem, oferece muitas oportunidades também. E, e o fato também do Guiamon sendo pequena tem, de qualquer jeito, aquele ladinho de família que 
pelo menos faz que a gente não se sente completamente perdido. Isso eu acho que é muito importante. Como você mencionou, é realmente uma experiência muito enriquecedora culturalmente. Né? A Suíça é um país uhum. tão pequenininho no coração da Europa, no meio de tudo. Eu acho que é realmente uma oportunidade muito bacana de, de ter uma experiência uh, cultural. É, e além do mais também que a Briamon também oferece essa ideia também de além do mais de ter estudante do mundo inteiro, é, é realmente ter essa oportunidade de viajar, sair da Suíça também para ver outras coisas que ficam sempre ao lado é, e é sempre benéfico. Maravilha, é, é benéfico. Charlotte, muito obrigada. Thank you so much. I really appreciated having you on the podcast today. If any of our listeners wish to continue this conversation, can they find you on any of the social medias? Yes, sure. They can find me through the company with Instagram or face either Instagram, Facebook, or either also the uh, our web. Um, Web page? Platform internet. Web page, exactly. I'm sorry, getting lost with my. Um, and so, my web page, of course, anytime, and I'm there. Anyways, people that are helping us out with those medias, they will transfer me. So, just ask to talk to Charlotte, and, uh, and I'll be more than happy. Thank you. And if any of our listeners have any questions about anything else they heard on the podcast today, feel free to email me at carla at swisslearning.com. Thank you. And until next time. Bye.